0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Girard.
1: The remote interview is still a huge challenge for a lot of companies, especially those of you who are lacking a formalized process. Simply evaluating skills and heavily relying on a vibe to influence decisions is producing even worse results in this work from home environment. Too much is able to remain hidden because the video is limiting on nonverbal cues that happen throughout the interaction. Assumptions, bias, and misinformation have become the new plague in today's video interview. Today is about nailing your video interviews in a remote environment and how to ensure the strongest hire. I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and business leaders win the right hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry leaders like our guest today, Miss Brenna Lowry. She is the head of marketing for Duist. Brenna knows that the road to success isn't a path you find, it's a trail you blaze. Fueled by her unorthodox marketing efforts, Brenna left her PR firm and joined Duist full-time in 2014. She handles everything from overall marketing strategy to HR duties to writing website copy. She's helped expand Duist's remote First team from five to 92 employees in over 35 countries. And her grassroots marketing strategies have helped bring the company to over 25 million users globally. Here's the kicker, guys. Everybody in her company is remote. This is what makes Brenda the perfect expert for today's topic. Brenda, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you, Rick. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So today we're going to discuss the video interview, especially in this challenging Environment. We're going to talk about why it's so challenging today, and then how to master the video interview. Sounds like plan. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the challenge today. A lot of companies that I talk to, a lot of CEOs are still having this challenge with this video interview and not really able to gauge information. The biggest thing is not able to read those nonverbal cues not be able to see if somebody's nervous, what they're doing. It's just plagued with assumptions and unconscious bias that's probably creeping in more now in video interviews. What do you see as some of the challenges that have come into play? I mean, you guys aren't really dealing with this at the same level because you've been 100% remote, but think back to when you were starting out. What were some of the issues you guys have?
0: Like you mentioned, we've been a fully remote company for about a decade now. I've actually never met any of the people who I have interviewed or hired in person. All of the interviews I have ever done at Doist have been digital. So, uh, we've always had to figure out some unique ways to jump over these hurdles of not relying on nonverbal cues, really structuring the interview in a way that lets you learn a lot about somebody without being there right next to them.
1: Let's talk about this not meeting people in person. This is a normal thing for you, but it's very, very foreign for a lot of companies right now. Yeah. How is it that you're able to gauge whether or not somebody's going to be valuable to the organization?
0: We have spent the last decade trying to perfect this mathematical equation of who it's best at Doist and also not closing the door to people who we think aren't necessarily a perfect fit, but who have the potential to be a perfect fit in the future. So that goes from everything to the way that we structure interviews. We have a specific hiring committee and we ask all the questions to our applicants based on our core values, which are really important for us. And we try and embed those in everything that we do, including the software that we develop. So that has been a great way for us to approach hiring in a way that prioritizes cultural fit instead of hiring necessarily the most 100% perfect skilled person. The person has to be a great cultural fit first.
1: Please say that again, because that's really important. <laughs> and I don't think enough people get that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's huge, especially as a remote company, you're not sitting next to your co workers, you don't have weekly meetings, we don't have these daily stand ups or whatever, we really have to be able to trust our team members and employees, we have to be able to make sure we can communicate properly with them. So cultural fit is by far the biggest priority for us and should be for other remote teams or people operating in this remote environment, because you don't really have that much additional foundation to go on.
1: It's really changed the environment for people who need a lot of handholding, because you just don't have the ability to do it. Totally. You have to recognize, hey, look, we're not in an environment anymore where we can do that.
0: And that's one thing that we have to hire for. One of our core values is independence. So we do add a lot of questions into our interview process, trying to suss out if these people are going to be a good fit in terms of working autonomously and not needing to be micromanaged or handheld at all. Because one, ain't nobody got time for that. And two, you can't do your job well and also micromanage people.
1: Why is it important to our listeners for them to get good at this, to understand that the video interview, if you do it right, will add value to their ROI?
0: I'm not sure how else you would do it these days. But in my experience, a video interview is just as valid as an in-person interview, even though you're not there to pick up on the nonverbal cues. So I think you just have to do it in a way that... You're asking really smart questions and you're going through like a pretty methodical process in order to find the right candidate. This has been important to your
1: company because you guys have been able to have a really, really high retention rate through this. What's your retention rate?
0: I think it's between 95 and 98% of people have stayed with the company voluntarily for the last 10 years. So it's pretty high. I think people are happy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Super low attrition rate. You have people that are staying there, that are engaged, that want to be there. And it's because you guys hire on culture first.
0: It's something that you can really feel as you onboard a new person. Very rarely will you have to have a conversation of, oh, you know, this person is kind of surly or watch out for this person. They have kind of like a bad apple. Everybody is a really great person and people really work well together because we try and filter out for great cultural fit.
1: And I would imagine when you're onboarding, you don't have to show them where the bathroom is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Luckily, no. Yeah, I've avoided that uh, for the time
1: being. <laughs> because you're hiring for culture, you feel like most of the people there, at least probably for yourself, you can say that you're happy with the quality of the work and you're engaged more because of it.
0: Oh, for sure. And I've hired people who may not necessarily be a perfect skill fit to the T. But in my opinion, and in my experience, you can learn skills on the job, but you can't necessarily learn to be an empathetic person overnight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can't change who you are, your values are your values. And that's whether or not they fit in the organization. I think it's important for people who are looking for a job to ask themselves Do the values of this company match up with me as well. I think a lot of people are just looking for that paycheck sometimes that they overlook that and then they end up. Yeah, it's a
0: two way street for sure. The way we work is not I Ideal for some people, we work in a way that is very heads down. We don't do a lot of direct messaging. Like, we try and keep meetings to a minimum. So, if you're like a super extroverted person who thrives on a lot of connection, then it might not be the best place for you.
1: Yeah. See, that's really important. When you meet those people, you're able to say, Hey, look, we're not this environment. So, you're not going to fit here.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, which is going back to the core values, what I mentioned about being independent and you can go about your work during the day and you don't need hand holding and you don't need to like be in a meeting meeting <laughs> with people, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's very important.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Richard Arden for our podcast listeners, we're gonna take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help your company land great hires. Our guest today is Brenda Lowry. She is the head of marketing for Doist. I want to keep saying Doist, but I know it's (laughs) Doist. And we're discussing the video interview and the challenges of a remote work from home environment. We just talked a little bit about what you guys do. And thank you, by the way, for confirming or really what you guys are doing. And the proof of the 98% or 95% retention rate is huge. A lot of companies, need to pay attention to that. How do we build a process into a company? Like what do you guys do that has been successful? So walk me through your interview process.
0: Sure. Yeah. So we have been fine tuning this process for about a decade or so. So I'm hoping that it's useful for people who are just finding themselves maybe for the first time in a remote environment. But we start out, we put together a hiring committee based on the job that is available. Usually it's three people. So that would be the hiring manager. It would be a colleague from this person's future team. And then it would be somebody from our CXO team, usually, or another department head.
1: You've got a committee and they're interviewing everybody.
0: No. So I'll walk you through that. Once we've put together the hiring committee, the job is posted, we start receiving applications. And part of this application process is people send their resume, they can send a cover letter as well. But one of the most important aspects of our application process is a set of application questions that we ask. So I I think I mentioned to you, Rick, for me, I go in and look at the answers to these questions first. And then I look at the resume because then I can see immediately, did this person do even like the most minimal amount of homework and then go from there?
1: Those are call to action questions to give you insight into who the person is.
0: Yeah. So it'll be anything like, why are you interested in working at Doist? And then there are usually a few job related questions. If I'm hiring somebody for the marketing team, I'll throw in a question like, what is a brand that you feel passionate about? and why, and just make sure that these people can put together some coherent thoughts. Because another one of our core values is communication. Working at Duist, we do almost everything asynchronously and text-based. Everything is written, so people have to know how to write really well. So that's another sort of filter for us there. I use these questions to go through and filter out some of the best candidates. And then the first interview is usually with the hiring manager. And that first interview is always more or less based around cultural fit.
1: With that, because this is really good. How much value do you put on the resume versus the answers to the questions?
0: I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this.
1: <laughs> I won't get you in trouble. I promise. Yes, the
0: HR department, but I hands down filter out candidates based on the answers to their questions first. And if I see somebody with solid answers, then I'll go in and see their resume and see if their skill set matches up with what we're looking for for the position. I think that what people write in those questions they may be so simple, but it's really telling and it's really important for us, especially in the marketing. Team. We need people who are really excellent writers and at duists in general, because everything we do mostly is written. So it's very useful.
1: <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. We do these things called call to actions where it's three questions. And I think that's far more valuable than a resume. And when people don't answer them or they just put three lines. Yeah. I like your company because I need a job or something like that. No brainer answers. Those don't really, you're not trying.
0: Oh yeah. It's an immediate rejection. <laughs> like You have to put some thought into it. We did a calculation and our acceptance rate of our jobs to applications is on par with Harvard or something like that. We get an insane amount of applications for each job. And so it's a really easy way for us to weed out people who don't put in any effort at all.
1: Yeah, we've actually put those in a job posting at the end where we say look at if you don't answer these questions to the best of your ability don't expect us to move forward with you if you're applying anywhere and you see those questions put some thought into it
0: totally it makes a big difference <laughs> you're gonna be
1: evaluated based on that yeah let's go to the interview
0: so yeah if you pass all of these initial first steps your resume looks good your answers to the questions are solid then we'll invite you for a first interview which tends to be with the hiring manager of the position and I think I mentioned before we tend to curate these questions based on our core values with a few industry-specific questions interspersed in there as well. So if I'm hiring somebody for the marketing team, some of the questions that I might ask, what are the challenges that our products are trying to solve that most excite you? Super easy question to see if this person has done their homework and knows about our brand and our products. Another question that I like to ask is to ask a candidate to provide constructive feedback on some aspect of our marketing. So I'll usually say, Say, what do you think about our landing pages for our app? To do is, what would you change? And if the person is like, "Oh, you know, they look great, awesome job," that is not good for me because I want to know that this person can be radically candid because that's a value that's really important for us.
1: Now, do you guys have a library of questions that are built?
0: Yes, I've also been doing this for a long time, so I have my top favorite questions that I ask.
1: I feel like I'm leading the witness, and if we were in court, I'd get in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, depending on how the person person performs in this interview, we will invite them to have another interview with a colleague from their team, which is a more technical interview based on the skills that the person is going to need for the role.
1: Okay. So you're also setting up your interview and checkpoints. So you actually have get past you first, then you go to the next thing. Now that next person is going to be a highly technical interview to see it's going to be skills-based primarily.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the questions are going to be mainly technical, though I don't think we ever issue the part of the cultural fit. So maybe eight of 10 questions or something are going to be technical. And then there'll be a few in there that are also to judge for a cultural fit. But I was looking around at some of my colleagues' question banks. And one of those is what advantages or disadvantages of using CSS pre-processors. The stuff is quite technical for that interview. So I
1: would fail that right now. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's pretty technical. And from there, this is definitely a stop and go process because after that, then the person, then if they pass that interview, then they'll be invited to do a test project, which we pay people for.
1: So let's talk about the test project, because this, this would be basically your technical assessment. Yep. To be able to get a view of their quality of their work that they do?
0: Definitely. Okay. In the past, some of those have been create a week-long social media plan for our brands, or recently we hired a new product marketer and that test project was write a blog post about XYZ product update that didn't happen. <laughs> so it have to invent things somewhat from zero.
1: Wait, now you said you pay people to
0: do this? Yeah, I think it's unconventional, which seems strange, no. but people tend to spend a lot of time on this. So we like to compensate people for the time that they spend. What do you
1: have them track hours and then pay them hourly? or Yeah, do do that? Mm-hmm. really.
0: And that's for everybody, even if they aren't tired. If you end up doing a test project for us, you will get paid for it. See, yeah.
1: that alone should validate the reason why you should spend time answering those questions up front. <laughs> <laughs> even if you, know you don't why get that's a job. Not like- like
0: an industry standard. People have a lot going on in their lives, especially now it seems.
1: I've always seen that as being a hindrance for really good people, especially people who are not actively looking for a job. Maybe they've been recruited for a role and you ask them to do a test project, they don't do it or they'll just rush through it and they won't, they're not motivated to do it unless they really, really want the role for some reason.
0: You can put obviously as much or as little effort into it as you want, but if you want it to be worth your time, you should spend a good amount of time on this. And that's hard. A lot of us, we have kids, we have hobbies, families.
1: Yeah. Trying to get somebody to do it on a Saturday when their mind is not into it. Yeah. I would imagine doing it late at night when you're motivated because you know you're going to get paid for it. That helps.
0: So I guess it's some kind of incentive.
1: It's not necessarily what everybody wants from a of perspective, but at least it's more than what anybody else is offering.
0: It's just our small way to show gratitude for the time that people spend on this task. Because if it's well done, then they're probably spending a lot of time on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Let's talk about the final interview would be with the leader executive? What does that entail?
0: Yeah, so that's another cultural fit interview. Again, we lay out all of our questions beforehand in a master Google Doc. So we don't overlap in any of the questions, which I think is helpful. So yeah, the last interview, if you like all of these milestones, then you'll do an interview with our CXO team or another department head at Duist, more than anything, another cultural fit interview.
1: Now, I'm assuming you guys all documented it. In that google sheet for every interview on the questions document all the answers yeah, or, yeah. yep
0: we list out all of the questions that we have and all the pertinent information like what the test task is like the link to the test task spec everything is in one place and easy to find
1: and it makes it easy to gather feedback if everybody's documenting it
0: right yep
1: that's always the biggest challenge a lot of times is when you get that executive he goes into the interview and then you got to try and pin her down right to get the data so that you can make the decision?
0: Yeah, so I guess another piece of this hiring puzzle is that anybody in the hiring committee, after you do an interview, we have a Google form that people have to fill out and you have to rank people depending on their cultural and skills fit. And there you share any feedback. And that's exclusively for the HR team. But then the person has to reach a certain score of 75% or above, basically, to be able to be hired. And then anybody on the hiring committee can veto any candidate. So it has to be a hell yes or no, basically. Yep.
1: It's either a hell yes or a nope.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: It's the way it should always be. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brianna, for sharing this with us. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience so they can plug into their business today?
0: I feel like I've sounded somewhat like a broken record during this. Not at all, not (laughs) at all. Like
1: people need to hear this. It's really important.
0: Yeah, that's how important it is for us and how instrumental it has been for us having this really high employee retention rate is prioritizing all of your hiring for cultural fit. You can always teach somebody some skills that they may lack in a certain area. You can teach them that on the job, but you can't teach a person a very (laughs) important human skill. Like, are you a nice person? And then I guess we didn't touch on this too much, but it's something that's very important for us is to do everything that you can in your power as a company to really cultivate a culture of trust over tracking. Solving the equation for trust solves a litany of other issues that a lot of companies deal with, especially in a remote environment. So anything that you can do to create an environment that's based on trust is going to do you well. (laughs)
1: That's fantastic. All right. Well, shoot, we're just about out of time for today's show. Brenna, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our audience could find Doist, find yourself? Here's some plug time for you if you want to throw (laughs) something out there.
0: Sure. Yeah. And actually, all of our hiring steps are on our corporate website, which is doist.com, D-O-I-S-T.com. So you can read about all of that there. And we have a bunch of blog posts about remote hiring, remote onboarding. So hopefully that's useful to people. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Brenna K-L. Thank you again for having me, Rick. It went really fast. I feel like we could keep talking for another 27 minutes. <laughs> I
1: know we probably could. I, mean, I know on our phone call prior, we were yeah. rapping for a while. Well, I want to thank this week's audience for tuning into this episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show is for you, Mr. and Mrs. Entrepreneur. We welcome your feedback. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, hire, H I R E, power, P O W E R, radio, radio, com, or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guests are going to be Michael Surreal. He's the founder and CEO of EF Overwatch, and George Randall, the head of global talent acquisition for Force Point. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha.
0: Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Recture